I, I I did a Zoom interview today, and I just want you to know my new internet connection. Fuck. Fucking flawless. Hot Wi-Fi signal. Would you say it's military grade, or <laughs> it's, maybe it's more? Nothing. Nothing like at my folks' place. I don't know what they're hooked well, into. Well, he's a pod captain. They got. <laughs> they got some. Yeah, you know. But he he doesn't know how to log on. But. Well, yeah, hack in. He doesn't know how to type. My father. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't. Couldn't turn on the computer. No. If li- life or death, I, it would be interesting to see. Because it's interesting because he is like the tsunami watch podcast. Yeah, but that's like I told you, this is when everything's gone. Oh yeah, this is like the children day after. of men. Yeah, you know, day after tomorrow, Jake Gyllenhaal, Randy, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, well, Dennis Quaid's the on the island, I think. To like, you know, in that movie, he's like hiking through the snow oh, to yeah. save Jake Gyllenhaal, like in New York. In like the library, he's like, I there's only one thing to do. That's my dad. Yeah. I um I'm kind of more on the Beatles kind of tip of like, if the world's going down, I'm gonna go get some nice like chiffon blouses and kind of dress real nice. Yeah. My dad's super McCartney, but not okay. that Paul. Which Paul? Far- Scotland Farm Paul. Okay, like, yeah. Is mole, my fa- mole. Yeah, is mole my father. Tire. Like, yeah. if you see photos, like... I notice you're wearing a kind of... You're kind of keeping up. Yeah, this is a good kind of Paul sweater. Kind of a little... An fa- argyle? Yeah, kind of Christmassy a bit, too. It's got a Christmas feel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Simply having a won- wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that broke was, them up. That broke the, the band up. That's the best meme that's come out of this. So far, thing. that's the best one. Yeah. yeah, there's probably a lot. Yeah. Can we um, try my new song about having a wonderful Christmas? That's good. So just welcome to Impossible Way of Life, your Beatles, official Beatles, Beatles. Get Back Alternative Take podcast. And I've got to say, um, I'm seeing a lot of kind of, you know, people on the internet kind of like finally kind of taking heed of a lot of the things that our fans know over the last year and a half, two years We've been saying some prescient stuff. I saw um, a, a trade magazine, a kind of big paper today, uh-huh. post a kind of meme about how the Beatles are Lord of the Rings characters. And I saw um, the drummer from the Black Crows posted Lord of the Ringos and a, and a photo he'd made that, or someone he'd seen. So you know, I just want to say like, Stop stealing our shit, or Get at least life. acknowledge us. Get a life. Get yeah. a life. Just acknowledge that, you know, we, yeah. we were the, you know, you heard, exactly. Of this. Well, no, Peter Jackson credit created it. Where credit is due. Yeah. That's all we ask for. Just, you know, pay it yeah. forward or something. Whatever. Don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's, or don't. It's fine. But, you know, just to recap on how we're going about. I guess it's possible, before you finish that thought, I suppose it's possible yeah. to think that maybe yeah. not everyone in the world was thinking about, about this, this Beatles documentary like two years you ago. Could, you it's could possible it to think that. And, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, that's, we, it's, it doesn't matter because it's our intellectual property. You know, <laughs> if you were around in the 60s, you had, like, access to riffs that no one else had access to yet because they hadn't, there was more riffs. Right. You know, and now there's no riffs left. Right. Like the ocean was the last one. 
Is that right? I yeah. think it was about that. Yeah, that would be. Or maybe actually no, because ACDC. I thought they was Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. The Nuge. Thank yeah, you. this is, but this is a left wing podcast. Oh, alternative. Yeah, right. It's an alternative take. Yeah, you know, he's you kind know, of down the middle. He's kind of far well, out. He's far right somewhere. <laughs> the Motor City Madman. Say yeah. no more. You know, you know what else? I've seen a lot of things around, kind of popping up. Why isn't there an official Get Back podcast? Yeah, and I, I say, look no further. Certainly, than your neighborhood Impossible Way of Life podcast, because. For those of you who might not have noticed, we're all Beatles all the time these exactly. days. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're drinking white wine. It's not an, a Zinfandel. I'm drinking a Gewurztraminer. Oh, okay. I'll yeah. only drink. <laughs> and you know that about me. I do. I've only ever drank German white wine. Yeah. I'm wearing a sweater growing a beard here. I yeah. mean, it's like... It's like I went what, to rehearsal the other day after our last episode, dressed with my Hofner dressed as goth paul which is like the end of act one uh-huh and people just were disgusted at me they didn't i didn't realize that the whole world wasn't dressing up like that and i'm then i'm thinking you know next time it's halloween and you say i'm grumpy for not dressing up go fuck yourselves this is a bigger holiday yeah this is one of the biggest moments of my life and if i want to choose which paul i want to be then let it be yeah be you be paul whatever so anyway you know i just wanted to say um break this down a little bit uh-huh. um, because this is the wednesday episode um for everyone who's not a patron you missed a big one last sunday which was kind of the first breaking down kind of reaction yeah to the beatles get back documentary and here's what we're gonna do folks for you we're kind of thinking vaguely we're gonna do two episodes on each act yeah, so this is part two of part of one a- of Act One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't think that we're um, not doing our homework because I know Johnny, you've watched it now four times. Yeah, and there's a lot to see. Well, the whole thing three times, and then the ending for for a fourth time. The the last the half George hour. leaves. Yeah, ending. and we're just talking about Act One that. here. Yeah, no, just yeah. Act One. I have no idea what happens. I don't know what happens. If anyone, just, I just hope that they could get this show together. You if know anyone I mean? has uh, listened to this podcast before. Listen to the birds episode we did because it's kind of going to get that messy, I think. Because and then and once we've done six episodes, two of each on each act, then we get in the guests. Yes, to to do two more of each, <laughs> and we're hoping no, we can get. It's... Well, we're hoping we can get through till at least kind of CSNY in Jan- deep dive february well, maybe i said to you after the last one and, and i and you wholeheartedly agreed oh yeah that the only natural thing that we can do the american beatles is is once we finish with all these beatles kind of where do you go from here go back to where it all started james yes you know csny we yeah. you, that's kind of was our bread and butter for a long time on this yeah. podcast and we haven't started on the doom tour yeah and we uh, don't no, we don't own those chords. Yeah. But when me, Stephen, and David, David sing It Is Demented, it sounded like Andy Circus. ever sounded before. <laughs> it sounded like Andy Circus was in the room. Yeah. The sound we created, no one had ever done before. <laughs> 
first, you know, I, uh, at first I was... We were laughing. We were laughing at first. (laughs) And then as we hit that... By the second time round... Once we got to... Once we... It was a bit... It was a bit confusing. It was a bit 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 confusing. By the third line of cocaine, (laughs) it was psychotic. Insane. Insane. What do you think about... um, Insane. What do you think about Jealous Guy's original lyrics? Child of Nature? Yeah. I think Jealous Guy's... It got a lot better. (laughs) Here's the thing. You think? (laughs) Do you not like the kind of Marrakesh Express feel of Child of Nature? Don't you know we're going? It don't take much to set me free. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing about the Beatles, all right? This is kind of a... I figured out why the Beatles are so good. Huge. You want to know why? This is this is what we like to call. I'm going to give you a real hot take here. So please do actually. Okay. This is what we like to call on this show a hot take. Nice. Uh, a lot of bands are good for various reasons: musicianship, that is so lyrics, true. clothing, uh, you know, cultural imprint, all this. Yeah, aesthetic, you know, just faces, facially, visually. Sure. The Beatles, maybe you could say all of the above. So true. But you know what makes them so good? Tell me. Is that all of the bad ideas yeah. that they have when they're creating all of these songs, you see it. There's a lot of bad ideas, oh, arrangement yeah. ideas, that when you hear that final record yeah. that winds up on our turntable, all the bad ideas are gone. And it's yeah. only the best ideas that remain. So that was, to me, their gift was their ability there's, to know true. what was the, be- the best final product. Do you think it's possible product? that George Martin has a lot to do with that? Probably, partly, but yeah. I think they just kind of knew, too. Yeah. You know how we listen to probably some old records we've made, and I'm kind of like, Oh, it's yikes. stinky, yeah. What the hell did you do that well, mostly overdub for? My, f- my feeling is normally like the thing that when I listen to old records I've made that I go yikes about is when I know I was trying to shortcut my way to being like good yeah so yeah. it'll be like oh i'm just kind of aping something else here like this is me doing someone else hoping no one notices whereas when the beatles do that it's kind of like cute or something well and i just don't think really very much like it's interesting to see when you see them developing the songs and there's a bunch of mediocre ideas yeah that none of those mediocre ideas wind up in the final version yeah and but the question then that begs the question though is do we think it's a bad idea mostly because it's not in the uh, final version you know what i mean yeah that's some kind of maybe if it was in the final version kind of okay now i'm starting to rethink this whole theory now we're getting into kind of nolan Uh kind of world Uh uh-huh i watched the new bond Oh, you that's kind of Beatlesy. One question: Did you go Atmos? Uh, no, because uh, I didn't have the. Case. I didn't go to it. I watched it with uh, in, in the in laws. In I your... watched it with with Patrick on his like he, massive cinema screen in his house. He was able to. He oh, had like you, a bootleg you, copy. No, of it's it. on Amazon. You can just rent it. It's already out. You can rent it. I've been even, there. I don't know how this stuff. You works. just get it. It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. It's twenty oh. bucks. You can watch it. I don't know. I don't How like was it. I don't like the Daniel Craig Bonds because well, you don't have to watch him anymore. It's done. Yeah, exactly. But it, this one was like 
more of the same where it's like they're sexless camp they're no they're not camp anymore what about Ana de Armas is that uh the isn't she the the female lead in no it's the french girl leah sedu or whatever oh i thought she's great like the acting's good but it's like he doesn't get laid well he never gets laid it's like the implication that that will happen and by the end of it that's what you think is going to happen all the time but there's there you know like there's no real camp in it q is now just openly gay where it was like obviously a better bit that you knew he was gay and it was implied in the way he behaved and acted, but like now he's like openly out. So that's kind of like, they've just neutered a lot of the jokey aspect of it. It's And it's just serious now. And I wonder if it's (coughs) Christopher Nolan's fault or something like it's kind of, everything has to be like the dark night now that exists completely or born. It's kind of like Bond. Same thing. And yeah. you're thinking like Bond's like the biggest franchise. Like it, they shouldn't be copying. It is. You know, it did kind of start with Bourne. Yeah. I this think kind of thing. Bourne kind of Because even the Pierce Brosnan Bond was funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a top. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. oh, and action. But you know nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. That's why you like it. It's, it's, like, it's like watching Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. Like, the good guys win, the bad guys lose. He gets the girl at the end. Yeah. And you're having a good time. And then you go out and you're like, you know. Well, they got that new Batman coming out too. That looks like a bag of shit. Actually, before we kind of really get into the sort of meat on the bone of uh, the Beatles Act 1 yeah. second podcast. <laughs> We're not uh, paying enough attention to, you know, the real Beatles film that's being made, Midas Man, about <laughs> Brian Epstein. Oh, man, I, I saw that. I mean, shout out to friend of the pod, Paul. Oh, yeah, Paul Holly. Good so, drummer. Good drummer. So there's a movie called Midas Man coming out about Brian Epstein, developed and directed by Sarah Sugarman. Big cast. There's big stuff, this. And uh, they've released the, the first stills. Yeah. From So we got four actors kind of being the Beatles. It's Beatles, 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 right? It's, this isn't going to stop. Well, cash in while the iron's hot, well, right? Well, yeah, strike while the iron's hot. But also, we've got, you know, we were just talking last week about the Grateful Dead biopic, you know? And we were thinking, like, that's we'll... Part, that's adjacent. Sure it is, but also... 60s and, culture. You know, and we're looking at the people. We've talked about B2, yep. the new Beatles. Yeah. We're not completely sure who's in it yet, but everyone in this kind of time wave zero you know version of the 60s that we're living in now mm-hmm. has to be represented by someone i still think dave Grohl's going out of his way to be ringo i think it's unlikely he'll get that role but he's trying but you know we were talking about dylan because he's gonna have to be in both midas man and the grateful dead bio- biopic yeah and you know me and bleaker and then you were talking timothy chalamet yeah suited for it turns out he's already doing a dylan biopic that's yeah. coming out another one unbelievable but the funniest thing and perhaps the most important thing about the he'd be a good dylan i think just what because of his hair yeah just kind of like he's his, kind of just his hair I, I guess he has like a limp wrist and long hair yeah yeah he's never done speed 
No. And he's going to have to... He might do he's it. He's going to have to... Well, that's what we were saying with Jonah part. Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, Jonah Hill... He's, he's partied. He's partied. Yeah, but they're also going to have to shut Hate Street down, just kind of lock it down, get someone to kill a couple of people in Golden Gate Park if you want to get it authentic, and let him just kind of trip out. Uh, yeah. You Score know? says he can probably just recreate that kind of tension Energy on and set. Tension. He's yeah. good at that. Kind of like in a kind of Hitchcock style. Yeah, exactly. Let's get Robbie in. Sort of paranoia. Yeah, kind of a... Pellicula vibe, really. Oh, sorry, uh, Pecula. May I, may I just say, uh, I know th- what's coming, but okay. that I saw those stills from that Beatles movie and the gear choices were, to, for lack of a better word, atrocious. Well, I'll tell you what. Insulting? Yeah. Okay. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a car crash. I mean. Here I am right now. Yeah looking and we got you know we've got this is the cast we've got like people from peaky blinders we got lee harvey ellich who's already played liam gallagher in something so we got some real ringers you know what i mean okay and the photos of these four guys oh it's pete best too someone's playing pete best ringo probably ringo probably wants to play himself i imagine donnie is playing george and in the photos they're all in a, a studio that looks like Abbey Road. It's kind of cool. It's like, well, no, not Abbey Road. They're in a studio. Everything's looking good. And they're playing orange, tiny terror amps. <laughs> 90s, 2000 orange Like straight amps. off the Long McQuaid straight showroom from, yeah, floor. Straight, they may as well be playing they spiders. They don't even work. Yeah. Oh, they're probably playing Line 6 spiders. And you got to think, and they've got like a solid state Princeton in there. You just got to think, like, how do you get these jobs? I know. I, I want that job. Because I'd have done stands, a hell of a good the job. The mic stands are all wrong, too. I know. They're modern mic stands. Yeah, with, like, the they're bra- double braced. I know. Listen to this, okay? There, here's, here's, see if you, you, you guys can hear this. Here's Paul Hawley himself oh. reacting. Reacting to live? The, to the photos. Okay. Oh, boy. Again, egregious. 
You heard it there. I just and I want everyone here listening on the podcast to know Paul's okay. He's fine. Like yeah. he took it hard, but he's uh, he's doing well. We've been talking. We've yeah, been talking we've been a talking, lot since you know. working through it. He's good. Yeah. And I well, should also just say. Yeah. One of the Beatlesiest guys I know. Played in a band with one of those anti-Beatle guys, yeah, too. Yeah, which must have been Must hell. have been really tough, because we've talked about those guys. Black Cloud over there. Yeah. You know, let it in, man. Let it in. It went on and on. He said, then the next text was, these pictures fill my body with rage. <laughs> he said, oh, Jerry Lee Lewis played a role in Jupiter 80, right? Yeah, nice. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Who fucking... Yeah, exactly. Sheila, please. Elvis Presley played bass on Ed Sullivan, I'm sure. Oh, who'll even notice? Nobody knows these people. Yeah. Egregious. Egregious seems to be the buzzword. Egregious. Egregious seems to be the buzzword for him. Um, oh man! You ever considered on a get back the Peter Jackson okay, movie, with you. I'm Act back. One? Yeah. That perhaps on second viewing because we've both watched it because mm-hmm. we talked about okay. Here's where we left off. This is where we got to in the because we kind of talked a little bit and then went chronologically through. So pretty much we got to about like George playing All Things Must Pass. Yes. And we were talking about how it's very much got basement tapes energy. Mm-hmm. And that's because he would have had the tapes. The he tapes would've. weren't released, but he had the tapes. Yeah, he'd been partying with the band. You know, so the band, Fairport Convention, had a copy of them. because They were they, floating around. Oh, well, listen, I've, I've been there. Yeah. So that's kind of where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we just talked about how Gimme Some Truth kind of has like a modern Van Morrison vibe. Like why you, Van, give me some truth as done by Paul McCartney comes across more like a, a bit Van like kind of why you on Facebook yeah which is a kind of a good vibe yeah I don't love that song on Imagine so it might have been better G give me some truth G G and then E and then just play that blues all right given by God yeah, yeah. peace speak nice lineage there because where we're kind of up to is in the Act One whole lot of Clapton talk yeah so what's going on there. Well, I think that Clapton had the whole world kind of (laughs) brainwashed at that time into thinking that he was the top guitar player on earth. Jimmy'd probably already passed, right? In 69? Let's say so for the benefit of this kind of... I don't actually know. So, you know, according to sort of mass rock media, Clapton was left top dog at that point. Yeah, ranking-wise. Yeah, and Beatles, uh, you know, they were they were Clapton people. He yeah. played on one of the re- only non-Beatles person to come in and kind of play what on song? a song while my guitar gently weeps. Oh, that was already out, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. and then you got the Rock and Roll Circus performance, yeah. which was '68. Yeah, John famously playing with Clapton in his band. Yeah. You know the Dirty Mac or whatever yes. they were called. They do Your Blues with with yeah. with the Mitch Mitchell, Keith, Clapton, and John. It's a powerhouse. Kind of a weird weird group. Never thought it really worked. Yeah, I'm not really into it. When I watch them, I'm like, it seems like four guys in different bands. Which it is. Yeah. And that's kind of... Keith on bass. Four really kind of individual players. Quite unique styles. Everybody trying to be the the main dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mitch yeah. Mitchell was like doing that with Jimmy. 
Yeah, he was. You know, even. Yeah. And it kind of works, kind of a Keith Moon approach. Yeah. Yeah. Not very good. So Clapton, you know, you can tell, I think, in the documentary that there is some, you know, with George's kind of Clapton, there's the Clapton kind of shadow looming that, which is interesting because George and him were so close. They're like, you know, blood brothers and shit. Even though, yeah, Clapton's probably already sleeping with his wife, even yeah. if they're not... His 14-year-old Together or whatever. Yeah. And at the same time, it must have been... Okay, let me, let me just say this first and foremost. The way that I view George in Act 1 of this movie mm-hmm. is that he's incredibly difficult the yes. most difficult of Queen all of bitch yeah i've watched it a few times now the yeah. most opinionated yeah probably the biggest ego which yeah. is crazy to say with paul mccartney also he's got one thing one of the kind of like reasons you can i because i agree with you yeah to corroborate this is he's stuck in the past in terms of clothing <laughs> oh yeah this it's is- like you know, yeah. the, these other guys, you know, they're kind of in 69. He's kind of still in blouses, kind of a still magical mystery, pirate. Sergeant Peppers. Pirate. pirate. He's still pirate, yeah. clothing-wise. Yeah. 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 Which is huge. And you see the other guys have moved on. He, You know, McCartney will come in. It's kind of vampire pilgrim. Sh- yeah, sure. But tailored. Yeah. Tailored clothing. Where And, you know, John's just on Which heroin. Which is vampire. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or it's like regal pirate, but it's not. It's like dandy highwayman. Yeah, because there's a little bit of like McCartney's in terms of the music. Uh-huh. There's a lot of clown pirate stuff going on. Oh, certainly. But in terms of fashion, which is equally as important, I think I Me Mine has a real pirate vibe. Just all the, through just the day. Lyric, yeah, I Me Mine. Yeah, it I does. Mine, yeah, it does. I mine. Yeah, it also has some of those Beatles. Uh, copyrighted chords that no one else yeah, is allowed. Yeah, figure out that one. No one's frightened of playing. Yeah. That, there's something going on there. Yeah, which no one else has access to. Yeah. Maybe it's like a paid thing. Like it's like an app, you know, you have to pay to get that chord. Yeah, you could know? be. Or whoever gave them B7 on on the bus Yeah. back in Liverpool. Maybe he had some other fucking really good chords <laughs> that he he just kept them for himself I and didn't want anyone else. some to rehearsal. This is how people really fucking sound if they're from Liverpool. They don't sound like the Beatles. Oh. Yeah. But the anyway. The guy who sold them the B7, because yeah. he would have sold it for like, I don't know, a kind of calling black label or something. He definitely had more chords. Oh, for I sure. I mean, when you go to Liverpool as a musician, as a kid, I used to, well, as a kid, as a young man, you'd play there. It's only like 40 minutes from Manchester, and it was still skiffle. Yeah, they still had a skiffle scene, you know. It was they had they have different chords in Liverpool. That's cool to everywhere else. So if anyone's looking for those chords, that's like if you went to Liverpool and said to like anyone who played guitar, like, can you play "I Me Mine?" They'd just like, no, I never played it, but I'm sure I could figure it out. And they'd do it first time, and right? It'd be fine. That's cool. Yeah, I like Lee that. Mathers. Lee Mathers from the Lars. He had access to those chords. Mm. John Power from Cast. Even he had access to them. Lars are good. Yeah, the laws are good. Laws are good? Laws are good? Yeah, that record's great. George was the most difficult, but also yeah. the least delusional. That's what I was saying. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, but he seems to me seething at times. And you don't get that in the original Let It Be documentary. No. I'm going to say this. 
based on Act One, and I know everyone listening's seen it all already. Yeah, and that's great. But we're gonna Some kind of maybe following along with. Yeah, us. and it's totally cool if you've seen it all. But like, watch it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got a feeling Maka is gonna come out on top. You've got a feeling? Yeah. I got a feeling Mac is coming out on top because he produced it. Let's be honest. Of course and he And he is. set us up first. Like we said in the last episode, he's hoping. His, his kind of gambit is that we realize that his creative genius is validated and vindicates the whole story of Let It Be. Well... And he sets it up in Act 1 with a few... Ca- kind of shitty vibes like he's like peppering me being a bit shitty Mm -hmm. but he's also a complete megalomaniac so he's like peppering me being a bit shitty to george but also let's splice together a 10 minute sequence where like linda is watching me play the whole of abbey road just figuring it out dub it because it never really happened and then splice in photos that she's taking of me doing this like yoko doesn't get any of that love at all john doesn't it's just somehow the living guy although yoko has been vindicated yeah people are gonna say that but she's just on heroin that's all that's happened right but like she came out a lot of people are are saying peter jackson included that she's now been uh, absolved of, of responsibility guilt. yeah you know breaking up the band but, you know once again just this week because there's a whole lot of mccartney propaganda right now like he's you know battling that thing that he did that listen was to a- this this is a this is this is last week paul mccartney tweet tomorrow night tune in for an evening of paul mccartney on bbc and mm-hmm. it's B- Paul McCartney at the BBC from seven. F- this is on the the BBC. Yeah, BBC Two. This yeah. is on like this is an actual channel. It's not like channel like a made up cable channel. No, Paul McCartney at the BBC seven fifty five to nine twenty five p.m. Followed by Paul McCartney at the Cavern Club nine twenty five to ten fifty five p.m. And then ten fifty five to eleven fifty. Idris Elba meets Paul McCartney. So he's just got, he owns the BBC at this point. Well, and you sent me. Well, and he's rehashing this fucking one time he spoke out about Yoko and John. Yeah, you sent me, and, 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 uh, the way I interpreted this, which I thought was really interesting, you sent me a thing and I only read yeah. the, the transcript. Of from course. The, from the interview. And it was this quote about John and, and Yoko and the things that they were saying, like, war is over. Well, it isn't really. Yes. And and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I texted you. I said, that's from that 1980s interview, interview. Yeah. that we did an episode yeah, on. exactly. That I listened to. And and you were like, you were like, no, 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 like, turn it on. And I clicked it. And it was him now he's saying like literally it. on BBC Radio 6. So I don't understand. But he's saying it like verbatim. Why I don't? He's like, saying it like he's read a transcript of his own interview from the eighties, yeah. and he's redoing. Or the he interview. liked that line so much that he's, he's remembered re- yeah. it since the eighties. Yeah, and he's like using it again. I know, but it's not even that good. And it's like Lennon's body isn't even cold, man. Dude, let him fucking sleep. He died forty years ago. Leave Why him do you have alone. To drag it? Like we know 
that you didn't yeah. just write yesterday. No. We're watching Get Back. Yeah. We know that you wrote fucking Penny Lane and yeah. all these tunes. You've like, already taken Come Together. You're taking Day in the Life. You'll probably end up, and I mark my words. Yeah. I helped write Imagine. It's coming. It won't be long. Well, Yoko's still alive, so. It won't be long once until. he's gone. Well, it, he's not going to say he wrote it. He's already said he wrote Day in the Life now, right? Like, that's like, that one's gone. So the only one really left is Imagine. Is Imagine, yeah. So, like, you know, he'll, it'll start with, you know, him being interviewed by Dave Grohl talking about how he wrote imagine maybe or like the piano helped, part just helped with the piano maybe he'll like yeah. no i oh, had was, that for a song yeah oh no that was an old beale song yeah you know it's an old beale song dun, 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 dun. Yeah. he's like oh it's yeah. very much like a maca yeah, style it's an old, old Beatles song actually. anyway the the thing is if paul's listening right now yeah which is possibly which true. is possible i just want you to know paul we love you but don't worry Nobody thinks that you only wrote yesterday no, or that don't. you didn't contribute to the Beatles music. Yeah. We know that you did. You're we know good. you there would be no Beatles without you. You're good, yeah. You're good. Yeah. We know. You're good. It's man. okay. Yeah. Take it easy. Let, Spend honestly, time with your family. Let let it in. Yeah. Like let enjoy the Beatles it. in. Just enjoy he it. He needs to let the Beatles in. Yeah. He the same to. way we talk about these people who are filled with hate. Yeah. But, you know, we talked in the last episode, like, about this. It's a kind of theory that I think over the, you know, the, the coming episodes, months and years will develop more. Um, it's, it, he is in the shadow. He's, he's, num they're number one. Everyone knows the Beatles are number one. But he's kind of always in the shadow uh, or the vacuum of John Lennon's death and the possibility that john lennon was better than him wrote better bigger songs when needed and also was a better hang and i think more importantly than that is he can't be john lennon like he's better than so like in his world the only person he's fears to this day mm -hmm. is john lennon which is why he still 40 years on from john's death is like reducing the impact john had but we can all see it and it's the mccartney syndrome it's kind of like stockholm syndrome or like something and dave grohl is doing it with kurt cobain too he's not got yeah, to yeah, the part yeah. where he talks about kurt cobain actually not writing stuff he actually did he is on record as writing smells like teen spirit though dave grohl which mm. is huge he wrote that song but really he's it's the same thing where it's like everyone you were already number one man like you were in nirvana don't worry about it like but now you're trying to kind of like and everyone knows foo fighters aren't as good as that they're not they're a comedy they're a clown band mm -hmm. which is kind of mccartney adjacent which is why he's pulling the same kind of stunt that mccartney needs to pull to try and kind of circumvent the 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 truth that he the only person he can't be is the person who was in a band with him in a more successful band than the one he's in now. And it doesn't matter how many rock and roll hall of fames and how many stories did, you write. About he also it. did wings and all that. I know there's so much good it's shit. Good. Just chill out. People I love like it. You. People I love like Dave Grohl. Everyone just needs to chill out. I, I don't understand. 
I'll tell you what, the only person who comes off as a good hang at all in yeah. this movie is Ringo. Yeah, consider this. All three other three look like a bad hang. Well, everyone knows Ringo's special power is hanging. Yeah. You know, and at this he, point for me, music is mostly about the hang. You know, and Ringo, you know, I thought about this today. I was on a phone on the phone with a drummer friend of mine. Yeah. Who, Steve Didlow, shout out to him. Shout out, man. He, he, he had a great take on this. Yeah, a hot he, take, you might say. Yeah. That he was saying that Ringo is so phenomenal in this movie yeah. because he's just there like as security for the band kind of like yeah. he, he, it's the greatest part of a drummer we were saying two things you got to do to be a really good drummer yeah play to the song listen yeah. to the music and play for a band like you know beatles or whatever yeah. like any any band rhythm like, yeah Play for the song. So Number two, rhythm. be a good hang. Okay. I would say rhythm and timing and be a good hang. Yeah. You know? Well, just have meter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just, be and, on, and just, just only play like hats, kick, snare for at least like the first 99% of any song. Yeah, that's but being think about it. You got to be a good hang well, to be yeah, a good drummer in a band. And yeah, I just think that... Ringo really checks both those boxes. He also he's working might be out checked out too. Yeah, he's working out his part. Uh huh. And we know, I know, when by the time we get to that rooftop, oh yeah, Ringo's gonna be fucking rocking. Oh yeah, he will be. It, I've heard get back. He's, I, I've heard. I've heard. Dude, you know those fills are gonna be yeah dialed. Yeah, and no one else can play them. No. No Nobody one else has ever. He Steve has, said that today. He's like, I was watching those. No films. one else can play. He'd seen part three. I said yeah. no spoilers, but you know, no. I have seen the. Part I've of the roof. seen Let It Be. Yeah, I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what happens, but um, but he was like, I was watching those films. It's like nobody plays films like that. Well, you know, do you want to do? Do you want to pretend we're at the bar? You've met a young, you know, a young bride, and you're talking to her about the Beatles, and what what would be the next thing you say at this point? I would say, you know, uh, it constantly would be, impresses everyone. You know, it would be, I would say, I would say, you know, <laughs> actually, everybody really thinks Ringo's a bad drummer. Nice, nice. People talk about that all the time. So like, true. Yeah. How he's technically not a good, but you know what? Yeah. He's actually a great drummer. Right. And in fact, some of those fills he does on, on Day in the Life yeah. and on Get Back are actually really complicated. Yeah. And a lot of drummers like Phil Collins and people who are considered like technically good like drummers. Like kind of like the Steven Seagal yeah. of drumming. Will say they've gone on record many times yeah. as saying they don't understand Ringo's choice there, and which is what makes it so unique. And Would so you say anything else? I really want you to just lean into like this one specific thing I'm trying to get out of you about Ringo, about his, the way he plays fills, um, why they're so backwards. Unique. Why is that? Um, I don't know because he's leading. With the wrong hand. Is that what he does? That's what he does. Oh, I thought this was just a given kind of I've heard like, you say this before. Yeah, he leads, I never knew yeah, this Yeah, he really. leads with... I'm, I'm backwards anyway, but yeah, he, he leads. leads with... We the, know actually he leads... With the left hand. Yeah, he leads with his left hand. So he'll go... Ba -ba -ba -boom. Oh, yeah. wow, cool. And that's why, that's why they do that. And that's why they do it. <laughs> Non-more black. That's cool. Non-more black. Lindsay Hogg. Non-more black. And what's the name of the guy who directed Let It Be? <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Hogg. Hogg. Yeah. Michael Eaton Hogg or something? Ma Michael no, Eaton Lindsay Hogg. No, that's the guy Hogg. from Spinal Tap. Yeah. No, that's Tap 
tap into America. Yeah. David e- Sir David Eaton Hogg. Yeah, which is probably meant to be him. No, yeah. it's, but it's like, it is like Lindsay Hogg, I think. Michael <laughs> Lindsay Hogg. Um, and shall we say tap into, into America? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Fran Drescher. Oh, yeah, great scene. Really good scene. Billy Crystal and, and Dana Carvey. Is it, come on, come on, Mime is Money. Come Mime on. Mime is that. Well, that's the top scene. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about. I've got notes here from the last time we met that we didn't get through. Okay. That are making less and less sense because I was in a fugue state. Yeah. Frankly, when I was making these. And also, great news, guys. I'm going to watch part two tonight. Fantastic. I'm I'll, fired. I'll do up. the same. Um, maybe tomorrow. I'm maybe sure. tomorrow, you know. Yeah. Um, I might watch part one one more time. Well, listen, I mean, okay, so forget what I'm going to say because I remember the big revelation for you, and I have a revelation too, but the big revelation for you is that you realized something specific about Paul McCartney's temper because we talked a lot about how John Lennon is much more doped up than I was expecting. Like, you think he's checked out, but I think he's just, and you even saw his dealer. We saw Spanish Tony. Spanish Tony, yeah, he came in. (laughs) So I mean, anytime you got a drug dealer named Spanish Tony, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, you I was actually specific about Paul's behavior. It was my beautiful young bride, Alex, who really picked it out. Yeah, um, that shout out to Alex. Yeah, we're, we're thank per- you for lending us the mason jar with the whiskey. Yes, thank you. Thank and you. the Zoom audio. Yeah, I mean, that, that we wouldn't be a podcast without it. And you know how much we love those preamps. Oh. A lot of people talk about Neves APIs. Mm-hmm. SSLs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about kind of, you know, EMI. Sure. When, you know, I mean, I love like a nice, nice sort of like Universal Audio LA610. It's kind of modeled on those old boards. TG12345, Chandler, all of these Can preamps. I tell you what? I but use... I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. And I'll say this on record that Zoom to like mobile recorder, some of the best preamps in the game. Yeah, in the game. In the game. I'm, I would love to just use that for vocals well i mean yeah that's that's the hope yeah you know i loved my zoom effects pedal when i was growing up my Uh 505 or something Mm -hmm. where it gets all the all of the guitars if you want liverpool crunch or you know british invasion yeah there's presets for that you want edge you know dotted 16th it's all in there (laughs) why the fuck doesn't anybody hire us to do this stuff yeah just you wait pal well because we've never it's too asked easy. and then as soon as they ask us we wouldn't be able to do it it wouldn't be as good no i'd be able to do it yeah of course so could i because i believe in it i'm not joking you know what i used Listen, a bunch down yeah. in la that warm audio yeah uh neve clone okay Pre- great 1073 yeah wonderful Listen, sounded I, great i've got one in there i've got a d i've got a ba sounded as good as the vincat maybe better vincat the vincat whoa that's a victoria <laughs> that's some free association Whoa, right there dude. plant like what we what's next that's numbers and letters or whatever shapes, shapes and sizes. sizes yeah dude that's wow i was just in vic town vintech vintech yeah. well if you think that the warm audio stuff sounds as good as we've got at least a youtube video to make where we test them yeah we but should. we're not going to just test them we're also going to need some kind of oscilloscope to prove that it's <laughs> snake oil that yeah. makes the difference. Anyway, um, Vincat, yeah. Alex noticed that Paul is is coked out. 
Yeah, he's coked up. At a few different parts of the movie. And I confirmed it with a few friends. I suspected it. Confirmed it with a few friends that there's one shot of him doing some pretty cokey stuff in the corner with some random Kind of pooking. Rubbing his gums and like in a really intense conversation in the corner yeah. in the background. And it just explains a lot. If you watch it again, you do notice... Um, and it's it's not a slight to it was the late sixties. I know for a fact Paul was interested in cocaine yeah. from the Sergeant Pepper period on. Yeah, and it just kind the of Pepper ex- period. Yeah, the Pepper period. Pe- <laughs> Paul, Paul Paul was, Paul was particularly interested, interested in the Pepper period. It, yeah, yeah, in powder in the Pepper period. Yeah, yeah. Paul did powder. In the he pepper liked period. how it smelled. Paul preferred powder in the Pepper period. Yeah, exactly. Um, Everyone and it knows just that. you watch it again and it, you're kind of like. There's quite a few moments that he's pretty keyed, like overthinking the arrangements, overworking on the song. And you can just tell that George is stuck there between two guys on opposite drums. The Luke Warmwater. Yeah, exactly. Who are, by the end, only working with one another. Paul and John are just staring at each other. Like somehow it's working for them. And, you know, to me, that's kind of like George is like, well, that's about it for me. Also, George has drank a bucket of Gewürztraminer. Yeah. Like, he's not like... It makes me wonder if he has body image issues. It would be understandable that guys at that... You think about this, like, constantly in the public eye, they're like, you know... We talk about, like, uh, you know, insuring Britney Spears' legs, you know what I mean, or something? Yeah. Like, these guys, like, their faces, and this is something that I said to you, like, the restoration of the the video, you know, the de-aging technology, not the Scorsese type, the Jackson type, the one he used with all those World War One guys. Yeah. It's, I've never seen the Beatles look like that before. And their faces are intoxicating. Just watching them move. And you realize, like, they're fucking aliens. Yeah. Like, they look like they're from a fu- the future. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it was made yesterday or in the future. And they're just kind of like... And not, not even... Like, even though anyone else behaving the way they do would seem pretentious, they're just floating above the universe, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen them interact like that and they all have just beautiful faces totally you know i think very handsome men yeah all of but them. i think that if you were in the public eye like they were and they were the first kind of pop stars i guess elvis some of the big bopper stuff but not really like you would develop some complexes and i'm i'm just thinking john's on heroin so he's staying skinny that way well he he always did have john famously had many body image issues I think that George is like, he's got, you know, because he's kind of still in blouse blues kind of clothing, which is frilly and loose, but he's not having a pint. The fact that he's drinking white wine, known to be low calorie, low carb. (laughs) I just wonder if he's doing it for that reason. Hard to say, he does make a comment about himself being really small like yeah. short at one point or something or yeah. uh, and it was a bit I mean, he's like, treated like a kid yeah like D- paul is like you know the big lead guitar player and paul started to, to look like an adult mm-hmm. whereas john and george don't ringo does he's because he's he's drinking pints with nielsen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nielsen and him are like like having like chocolate clairs and brandy alexander's yeah 
partying. Yeah. If he's, or it's possible that Ringo was just getting. I think George r- looks great. Some, he may have had some issues, but I think he looks great. Well, I think he looks really good, but he looks kind of chic, heroin chic. Like John literally is heroin chic. Uh-huh. George, I think, is he's worried about that stuff. Yeah. Do you think on? Okay, here's my. So you see, you think McCartney's on coke. Do you think that they have stylists? Yes. Okay. The hair particularly looks phenomenal yeah. every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, George, especially, his hair is like poofed and floofed. And yeah. Looking like like- ha- they're doing wardrobe before. Well, yeah, they've got a film crew there. I know. I'm sure they've got, they've got hair and makeup people. Yeah. It would only make sense. And I'll tell you the other thing about... I don't think it's just hair and makeup. I think it's also clothing. I think that, you know, like they're doing... I feel like they're doing like major like stylists in there. Because it almost looks like an episode of Miami Vice at times. Yeah. Where like they're... It's matching. They'll be like, okay, as soon as George Martin's... Who doesn't... Who's always wearing a suit. Yeah. As soon as he walked in in like a periwinkle shirt that matched the carpets, I was like, okay, someone's styling this whole fucking thing. Certainly possible. I mean, yeah. Vidal Sassoon cut their hair. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's certainly possible. It's the Beatles. Anything's possible. But going back a little bit, it got me thinking, Alex and I were talking, because she loves the first McCartney solo record. Yeah, well, the one which was boozy. Yeah, the but here's one. the thing. So after seeing We're talking this, about the one that was made during the Beatles. Yeah, right um, around this just time. Just for the fans. Just here. Right after this. Yeah. Uh, like between this and Abbey Road. You like he, it a lot, too. He did love it. Yeah. But so here's what I'm thinking, is after watching this and seeing that he's, he's kind of a little bit into the nose candy, too, yeah. got me thinking, because his story was always, I holed up in my London home yeah. for like three days and made the album all on my own and yeah. just drank beer. Yeah. And I'm like... That sounds a little bit like maybe you had a little bit of other help. Like from a the, daddy's little help hook. Kind and of stuff because you listen to that record, and it's actually it's keyed it's up. pretty candied it's up. It's keyed up, yeah. <laughs> and it's like he's got like drum solos on yeah. it and stuff like that. And it's he recorded it all himself, overdubbed it all himself. Are you so, saying it's possible that cocaine broke the Beatles up? No, I'm saying that it's possible that cocaine contributed to Paul McCartney's most prolific era. Of the Beatles, in which he contributed the bulk of material for Let It Be, a solo album, and his magnum opus. The second half of Abbey Road. The second half of Abbey Road. Also kind of keyed up, if you think about it. A medley. Well, and that became kind of the... His calling card. It did. He's kind of the medley, the sweet. Then he kind of went up to Scotland, chilled it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Take it easy. Well, he was... He was 26 years old. He was do a <laughs> do a chiller. Yeah. Also, he um, had met a love of his life. Yes. You know, Linda. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. They, I mean, they were their just, relationship. Like the whole thing. Forget John and Yoko, Linda and Paul. That's a proper relationship. Lovely. You know. And he they, he knew it. They knew it. I that, have a feeling right we're going to see top. Patty in part two as well i was saying like who do you think has the hottest uh girlfriend for me yeah i'd probably go linda i'm saying ringo's maureen Maureen. i know you love it yeah yeah. she's brassy take her down the pub with your mates (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we'll see what happens when Patty comes on. But she's only like 15, right? So you're not really allowed to is. say. You, I don't know how. You know, these things were lot. What's wrong with being sexy? Yeah, exactly. But And you know when she shows up, then fucking Clapton will be close behind. Didn't you think it was a bit bleak? Um, and this is where we're at. This would be the sort of end because we're only at act one. Uh-huh. Um, when George leaves. Yeah. That immediately Lennon's like, if he's not back by Tuesday, we'll get clapped. He's in. pissed off. Well, of course. Uh, and I think that John, I think we talked about this the other day. No, but, but it's almost like they, it, all I mean is, and I got this. So I thought this because of the way things are spliced together. You know, when John, when they're doing get back and John walks in, John already knows the song. It's not like, you know, you've been that beautiful moment where you see the creation of get back. Mm-hmm. But then when John comes in, he already knows it. So I've told myself, because I want there to be light in my life, that we're just missing an extra scene in the middle where like they show it to John. like, And he's like, oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Interesting. You know, because it's very noticeable. I had another theory about that. I was just going to say yeah. beforehand that I think that prior to even getting in to do like this whole movie, there'd already been a Harrison leaving, we're going to get Clapton in. Because they keep referencing, Clapton's too referenced for it to be, and then as soon as he's out, it's like, get him in. Well, John had already been jamming with him. I know, but I think that like, George knows, they're planning it. Like, they're like, fuck him, we need a, we need a bluesman. Yeah. Anyway, what was your theory? Well, my, I had a beautiful thought today that, sure you John's did, not there when Paul's writing Get Back. Yeah. And I think that if John was in the building, yeah, that he purposefully didn't go over. Because I think he right. knew Paul's doing something yeah. over there. And if John had been sitting there, that song might have never been we written. We don't own. And I think it was just one of those things that John kind of knew it. Then Paul got it out. And he's doing, get that. And then he's like, I'm going to go over. Yeah. It's time Because that's now. quite John. Yeah. It's quite a John song, actually. The chorus. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the verses are certainly... Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah. I just thought that was such a unique moment that might not exist if anything, any other factors in the room were different. Yeah. That Paul's, it's almost like he's like a vessel. In that he's, I know this is like the way the editing is, but it seems like he's almost conjuring up the song in well, that moment. That, isn't that how it happens? Yeah, but like with cameras all around and everybody, it's really yeah. quite interesting. I've seen it four times now. Yeah. But the one thing I wanted to say is just to me, the whole thing is so beautiful. Even down to John being junked out, Paul on coke, oh, everything. Yeah. It's all part of the story. It's miserable. And and I love it. And you know what else? What else? It's a band. Yeah. It's just a band. Yeah. And what you were talking about earlier, I want to say this that to me, everyone's blown oh, look, they're fighting. They're they're yeah. arguing. You know what? I bet you if you went back yeah. in time to 1966, you could have found that exact same style argument in a Beatles rehearsal. I don't oh, think yeah, it's sure. unique. I think everyone's saying, look, they're breaking up. But that, how many times, man, yeah, have we been in that room where you're like talking about a guitar part, oh, somebody's yeah. getting a little sensitive, but people yeah. who aren't in bands, they don't get, that's actually what rehearsals are like. It's yeah, not it's all true. like sunshine and lollipops. Like, Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, I guess there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot of ego at play. 
and working yeah. out songs and like what everybody's going to play is a sensitive thing. It well, never- also it's like, I think it's a John Berger quote where it's like art is like, I'm just going to butcher it, but it's like <laughs> art is, is, um, is like playing for adults. Yeah. Or like, you know, because you remember when you were a kid and you like played, like you'd have games and stuff. And this is akin to the point you're making. <clears throat> you would be having so much fun, but it wasn't fun necessarily. It was quite serious. Like, you know, if you're like, okay, this this piece of foil that I've wrapped up, it's, um, you know, it's it's... You know, it's a ball, and if you can hit the tree over there, that that's ten points. Yeah. Well, no, I I think that that branch should be fifteen because it's harder. And you're coming up with these weird games that are so insular to your world. Sure, and you know, it's really fun, but it's really serious too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's kind of what music, especially when you're in a band, can be like. Sure, it looks like a miserable time actually at points in this sure. documentary. Sure, sure, but sure. I think if you if you got back, I think you're right. If you're back in 66 and they were in a jam space, you, you still have that kind of energy. But I think that they might just like each other a bit more at that point. Sure. I, that's all because yeah, like making stuff together, like the fun is in those like nuanced things. Like fun can be really serious. You know what I mean? And it is, that's playing. Playing is sometimes there's rules. It's like sports. And I think that a lot, sure, maybe there's bands out there that'll be yeah. like, I don't know what Johnny's talking about because my well, there's no bands, are, so don't worry. My, oh, my, but they'll be like, my rehearsals are always super fun and I love everyone in my band. And nah, that might be true, happened. but let me tell you, in my experience... Maybe on Burger Records or something. Yeah, in my experience, there's always awkward moments where you don't, you bring a song in yeah. and you don't like what the drummer's playing or what someone's Or you don't playing. like yourself. Yeah, or it's and, terrifying. Yeah, and so the, even fucking sing is terrifying half the time. Yeah, and then you have to tell and then your you, friend. Sure, I don't like what you just. Or played. they know you're terrified and think I'm going to really stick the fucking knife in here. Yeah, you know, because because I'm having a shitty day. Yeah, whatever. And you see that happen. McCartney does that with George Harrison. Sure, in that scene, totally the classic scene, and George for all his like. Krishnamurti, Alan Watts, kind of Harry Krishna stuff. He's got a mean streak in him, man. Oh yeah, and I mean that's what you know a bucket of German white wine will do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know what else is? A lot of people think that here's the 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 cool thing to me is a lot of people think we're watching this sacred thing that is the Beatles rehearsing, yeah. and although we are, what we're also watching is just. A band, well, just an, four, an, four, an intimate four guys in a band. scene of pretty much most rock and roll bands, like trying yeah. to work out a song, like change the hairstyles, change the clothes, change the characters. Yeah, but a lot of what we're seeing going down is what's going on in oh, the garages and the jam of, spaces uh, all around the Western speak, world. As Absolutely. we speak. Yeah. No, I think it's all happening on Garage Band. Yeah, exactly. Online. Is, yeah. yeah, well, it's a similar thing. More like, like a avatars. kind of gaming Call of Duty, like headset setup. They're jamming. Yeah, well, as long as you have, like, I mean, as long as you have a sub pack, like an Atmos style, yeah. su- like a D box. Yeah. You can get them at home and then you can kind of feel the bass. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to just jamming with people like on the metaverse. Yeah, it's going to happen. You'll be able to probably jam with B2 on yeah. the Metaverse where they'll play their first gig. And That's I'll be assumption. able to like, 
oh, my avatar will just be dressed like different eras of Paul McCartney. and Yeah, you know. well, that's what I'm doing next Halloween mm-hmm. and then the Halloween after that. And, and you'll Halloween be here, though, that. in your apartment alone. But yeah. you'll be going out on Halloween in the metaverse? I've barely been outside Yeah, in the last two years. There's yeah. not much out there. Do people jam uh, remotely? Actually, they do, right? Yeah, there's Didn't an we app. see a thing about a friend of ours? You know who I mean. Uh, you know, he's a pretty, he's a legit musician. Oh, he definitely like. I've seen that. some yeah. stuff of him like jamming remotely. With oh him. yeah, for sure. Because it's the future. <laughs> yeah. You got to be able to jam. Well, also that's what all the kids are doing. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to be able to like, you want to keep up. In fact, you know what? No kids are doing that. But you know, sometimes legit musicians think they're still 18. Yeah. And that they're going to kind of lead the way right you know kind of like a torch lit kind of vibe so we're kind of coming to the end here i'm excited it's really nice to see you you too i'm excited to watch episode two subscribe to our patreon to see listen to us react to act two and then we'll do the same thing on wednesday and then we'll be on to three and then we're gonna have to start getting luke we've got Paquin, we need Bleeker, we need Sam Von Cruz. I've got my friend Dudderidge, Joe Dudderidge. He's going to come on. He's got a theory that Ringo's a mute and yeah. the only words he says are obladi oblada. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, I've also got a couple of notes here that we're not going to get to. Springsteen's looking for about $415 million to sell his publishing rights. That's about 100 more than Dylan. And that the who, more specifically Pete Townsend, is reissuing Lifehouse. So they're still doing Lifehouse. He recorded it? No, but they're gonna it's the fiftieth anniversary of Who's Next, so we can't not do Lifehouse too. Well he has to do both. Doing the play? It's post cube. We're post cube, man. But anyway, I'll uh I'm going to get down to watching this. I just want to say that it's pretty amazing for all you listeners that all the actual reaction yeah. video uh, yeah. podcasts are going to be Sunday episodes. Yeah. For all three. If you I know. want the instant reaction of me and James, first In time we've flow state first time state. We've talked about the episode yeah. we just because saw. Because it's truly, we really haven't seen it. Like, we haven't seen episode two yet. We're doing I have swear for I have the not fans. seen it. So if you want to really, really hear, like... Our reaction to it, yeah. you got to sign up. That's sign it. up, sign up, and ship out. Sign up, and then shouts out to Sounds About Abound because he paid us fifty bucks to get into the Doom tour, and we will we'll prevail. Get there. Okay, we'll get peace. There.